everybody, what's going on? It's Shit Talk Reviews. I'm John. Derek. And David. And we're here to talk today about Unearth. Oh, it's so nice to have you guys here on this beautiful Friday afternoon. Does it matter to people that we record these on Fridays and not on a Wednesday at 8 in the morning? No, I don't think so. I think mindset-wise, it's nice Friday. You got the weekend coming up. Everybody's in a good mood. Dave is just a nautical seaman. <laughs> As opposed to a land-based semen. <laughs> he has been annoying the shit out of me today. So let's get into something that brings me great pleasure. Yes. Unearth. I think it's safe to say you're probably the biggest Unearth fan in the room. No, this one is probably yours. I think last today. week was yours. Last week this was mine. This is clearly yeah. Derek's. Yeah. I lived in Boston for uh, 16 years. Uh, I once upon a time used to book shows locally, the good old Salem Elks Club in Salem, Massachusetts. And I was notoriously at the time from 99 all the way through 2003, 2004, trying to get Unearth to come play our little shows. And they were too big. They were getting signed to major labels and they were along with Killswitch Engage and Shadows Fall at the time, the guys that were winning. They That's were a great getting... problem for a young band to have is to be too big to play small venues. And how about the company they're in, the names you just named? I mean, it's yeah. not, you know, no sh- nothing shabby there. Yeah, Boston was pumping out great music. I mean, we had locally, we had Blood for Blood, everybody knew who, the, who they were, uh, Sam Black Church, Tree, Everybody knew them, but the guys that were rising to the national and world stage at the time was Killswitch Engage and Unearth and Shadows Fall, two of which are consistently putting out albums, touring the world. Shadows Fall is making a comeback, Mm -hmm. and uh, I'm happy to see them coming back. But for today, let's talk about The Wretched and the Ruinous, which is by far the most dynamic Unearth album to date. I love this record. It is a banging record. It's new to me, new band. I mean, Derek has talked about him in the past. That first single is a punch in your teeth. Yeah. It, it really does pretty much set the pace for the rest, rest of that album. What's interesting about it is, and I was curious, Ken Susie, who has been with the band forever, rhythm guitarist, left. And, you know, I, I didn't read too much into it. I don't know why. Um, but that left Trevor and Buzz. And for me, this album is, the, you know, yeah, they've been metalcore mainstays, but they've been trending away from just metalcore. They've been expanding their horizons, their sound, the guitar solos. A lot of the music is borderline thrash. Some parts of it are proggy. And this album, for whatever reason, they've hit their stride at taking a, a little bit of everything, mashing it all together. Trevor is singing on this album like he never has different tones, different ways of screaming. Um, you know, one second he'll sound like Johan Hegg from Amon Amarth. The next second he's going to sound like Marcus uh, Bischoff from Heaven Shall Burn with a high-pitched yeah. scream. He can go low and guttural, he can go high and pitchy. You know, and it, it occurred to me that he is becoming one of the more dynamic singers in metal. And there's a reason why that they have been all over the Devil's Dozen on Sirius XM. You know, you see ads for them all the time on there. They are have been at the top of the Devil's Dozen right there with Metallica every single week. Not to interrupt, but speaking of uh, Sirius, am I wrong or is Trevor taking over uh, yeah yeah and a jose, show for like a week or something yeah jose mangan has given them full control and they're yeah, that's awesome you, you know and, and so they deserve this and you know i would say that you know when you think about you know singers that ascend over time chuck uh shundiner from uh death comes mm-hmm. to mind you know as he got into more of his records he would do some low-end guttural stuff 
some high-pitched screamy stuff like only they they did a cover of Judas Priest that was absolutely insane. Trevor's there. He is he is ascended and he is there now. His his vocals are gnarly. I have talked about this with you Derek before and maybe I've talked about it with you too Dave. I've never been a, a vocal centric music listener for me it's all about the the foundational instruments and you know the production work. So I've I, only in just the past few years have I started to kind of intentionally focus on and try and appreciate what's going on vocally with the music I get into. I've said it before, I'll say it again. I appreciate the talent, but I just don't always focus on it. And since I'm in this new headspace of trying to give as much weight and credit to the vocals with these bands as I do everything else, it's been fun to focus on Trevor's vocals. Trevor Phipps, by the way, to give credit where credit's due. The rest of the band, Trevor Phipps on vocals, Buzz McGrath on guitar, uh, Chris O'Toole on bass and Mike Justian on drums. And I, we Mike, definitely need to come back to Mike come Justian. Come back to Justian because oh this guy God. is incredible. You yeah. know, I'm a drummer. I, no doubt. This guy is just on beastly. This, he's just... So much fun to listen to. But right. yeah, going back to the, the vocals, Trevor's vocals are so strong. And as you said, he's got a ton of different styles that he utilizes throughout this record. Um, what I found interesting, and it was uh, No Heroes, We Are the Wretched. Year zero, we are the ruinous, no heroes of our time. We are the ending of all life. I know Trevor personally. Uh, I've known him for a number of years. He has kids. As a parent, you don't want to be writing those vocals and you do not want to be inspired to be writing those lyrics. But it is a reality that I think every parent feels in today's society. Toxic politics, toxic social media, toxic everything. There's a lot of wretched people. And we are, in fact, feeding this ruinous behavior. And for him, I wonder how much of this has to do with his kids. But again, I, I felt like this album had a lot of angst in it, a lot of pain, a lot of frustration. Um, and, you know, much like James Hetfield, that album, 72 Seasons, was about him purging and getting things out. Uh, I think for Trevor, the, it was a similar instance here. And maybe we'll get lucky and we'll get them on a on a, a Zoom call to, to talk about oh, it. Oh, that'd be great. Overall, pound for pound, musician-wise, phenomenal, right? And, and they're new to mm -hmm. But as you guys know, I'm a lyric guy. And the whole death growl and the growl singing type of, is just not my cup of tea. But with that being said, I'm not going to say I didn't like it. But for me, it just took away a it's little a bit. From, it's a lot to absorb when, yeah. for me when I'm not into something like that. Some of the... Music at times, I heard a little bit of Maiden in it, maybe a little bit, a little bit of Iron Maiden, which was great. But uh, I have to, uh, if if this is Trevor's style, I respect it. You know what yeah. I mean? Well said yeah. for a nautical seaman. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. It, I, I will say, I went through this probably three times. This morning I came in, it was quiet. I listened to it. By the third time, I was getting used to it. I'm like, all right, it's starting to make sense now. Well, what's great about it is metalcore, and they used to be known for their big breakdowns in the middle of the songs and, you know, da-da-dun, 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 you yeah. know, that. Well, now you've got really almost like Swedish thrash mixed in there, and Buzz, Buzz is at the top of his game. You know, and again, I don't Great know. work on this record. Yeah, I don't know what's up with what happened with Ken Susie, but it feels like Buzz is allowed to write the songs and write the solos that he's always wanted to write and is capable of. If you follow him on Instagram, he'll get on there and shred yeah. and just tear it up. I'd love to talk to, well, Trevor Buzz, I'd, I'd like to talk to all of them, but I, I have questions because listening to the guitar work on this record, 
there's a lot of doubled guitar lines. There's harmon uh, harmony guitars, uh, and I'm curious to know how they replicate that stuff live. How how Unearth replicates it live. Well, Peter Lehman is rhythm, so he he tours with them as well. As he's a touring member of the band, then not uh, necessarily full time. I think or? he's full time now. Oh, yeah. okay, all right. Well, uh, no disrespect intended. Didn't mean to leave anybody out. But yeah, the guitar work on this is involved. There's a lot going on. The Call of Existence, that song Love on this it. album. My, my favorite. And the guitar work on that, I thought was amazing. Mm-hmm. I thought the whole song, the arrangement, everything. Uh, even the singing, the vocals, loved it all, all together. That, that song, for some reason, just everything came together for me in that That's band. your standout track yeah, in that song. The, 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 just everything came together on I that track. I got a standouts uh, Me too. This. Dawn I mean, of the Militant, you know, just so gnarly yeah. and guttural. And that song, for me, Justin, uh, Mike, Mike Justine, on that song was incredible. Sorry that, for that. butchering your name, Mike, your <laughs> last name. None but of but Justine on that song, unbelievable. Derek, you mentioned breakdowns, uh, cremation of the living, the middle break in that, they go into that triplet feel breakdown that is just, that's like, you know, war horses. Beautiful brutality. What's your standout on this, Derek? All the releases. I love all the releases. Dawn of the Militants, great. Uh, Into the Abyss, Mother Betrayal, The Wretched and the Ruinous. Invictus was um, Invictus awesome. was killer. Yeah. I, look, I, I've been a fan of the band since way back. Right. Um, up until this point, The March was my favorite album. Love The March. The, one of my favorites. In the Eyes of Fire, I also, I felt like those two albums were their high watermarks. This album is my hands-down favorite Unearth album. Because it's so dynamic, there's not a bad tune on the entire album. Start to finish, I can listen to it. I'll headbang. I like the breakdowns. I want to swing my arms, do pick up pennies, pretend that I'm you know 25 again, <laughs> uh, not this ancient old fossil that I am. But at least I'm not a nautical seaman. <laughs> it's just funny to me how bands like this here in the states you don't hear much from, but then they can go to Europe and Japan and Taiwan and be headliners and massive you know crowds come out to see these guys. So they're for real. It's just unfortunate they don't get that kind of credit. I guess street cred here in, yeah. in the states. You know, they're uh, in the midst of a pretty big tour now, aren't they? Yeah, they were. They, they were just across the pond. They just quit. Uh, just finished up. Um, they've got another tour going around. You know, check their tour. Their tour pages. They're they will support this for two years. This yeah. album. They're on Century Media. Century Media gives them great support. Mike Gitter, I believe, signed them. Mike from um, Century Media. So yeah, man, they're. They're living their best life. And, and and look, I know things about them and what they have to do to keep this band together. You've got some um, insight, yeah. There, there's sacrifice. and But the thing that I do remember and I do know is that they are fans. Uh, I remember going to the Songus Arena to see Pantera. And I'm down on the floor in the pit. And I look up and I see Trevor. And this is when Unearth was already signed. They're, they're there. They're, they're a known quantity. They're a known quantity. And Trevor's like... You know, giving me the sign of the beast, and I gave it back. That was it. That's pretty cool. I didn't see him again, but it was so cool because they are fans, and I do believe that they are right now at a point. They're at the top, the Devil's Dozen, Sirius XM, Jose Mangan is giving them the spotlight where they can tour with virtually anybody. Before they were a metalcore band, now they could go out with Pantera, right? Now they can go out with Anthrax. Now they can go out with all their heroes and stand there and be proud. They have put in the time. They put in the energy. They've sacrificed. And they're getting the spotlight right now. 
that they deserve. Good and, for them. And I'm really yeah. happy you know, for, them, for and, them. And they put out yeah. the best record of their career. And for me, it's my early album. Eight albums. Ooh, Derek, yeah. That's a bold statement. They got eight? For him to say that, that's pretty pretty cool. Yeah, it is a powerhouse record. It has a slightly different flavor. This one seems it's it's leveled up a bit from some of their past releases. It's a banger of a record. They they had embraced being a metalcore band. Extinctions, their last album, I saw them expand away from just metalcore. But this one, this was a step into being just a top flight metal band. And it doesn't have to be categorized as metalcore or thrash or crossover thrash or whatever you want to call it. Swedish thrash. It's just a really good, solid metal record. Derek, did the instrumental bother you on Annie Ara, I believe it was? Uh, I wanted to bring I'm just curious yeah. because last week, you know, he, I, he's, we know Derek's not a fan of that kind of stuff. But did it bother you on metal, this one? He wants a metal record. Yeah. I'm just curious. Did it kind of For like- me, it was, the, it was the equivalent of, if you listen back to old 80s metal records, mm-hmm. they'd always have like classic guitar playing that yep. led into um, a headbanger. And that's what that was. I would have preferred it at the beginning of a song and then lead into the song itself, not give it its own space as a song title. Mm-hmm. But that's just me. That's, you know, again, I'm a hypocrite and you guys can call me that, but I will <laughs> I tell wanna, you. I didn't want to say it, Derek. Listen, Silhouette <laughs> what did, was completely off the deep end. What disappointed me, the one thing that really, truly disappointed me about this album was that there wasn't a synth wave track on it. I really was hoping that well, there would be something completely objectionable for Derek. Right. Just well, because I'm still angry with him. Yeah. You will week. have to fucking deal with it. <laughs> You know, Eniara is, you know, would I prefer it not there? Sure. Would I care if it was at the beginning of a headbanger? Sure. I, I'm fine with that. Or the but end. It, or the, the end, end, whatever the end. it is. Yeah. But in, that's, a, that's a minor, you know, it's a minor thing. All but right, well, Silhouette let... by Periphery oh, is absolute garbage. Right, well, we're not going to talk about that. No, well, clearly we are going to talk about it. <laughs> so, okay, not necessarily with this record. I mean, I suppose that it will have to apply to this record, otherwise we're not being fair to anybody else. Would you say that the inclusion of a track like Aniara on this record or a similar piece of music on any other record, Silhouette on P5, is it bothersome enough to you to warrant the reduction in the overall score of an album? Depends on how offensive it is. Like Silhouette was offensive to me. This is not offensive. Appreciate that qualifier. Yeah, it just... It just didn't fit. This fits. It's an interlude. It's a tough it's question a... because if you're a fan of the band, which clearly he is, like last week, like you were, you're going to get total different perspective. Yeah, I was. I was you okay. Know? I mean, you were okay with it because I like the band. As far as I'm concerned, they can yeah. do no wrong. Uh, right. But so I, I think it's a question worth asking. Yeah, that's why I, I, I will it. tell you. And I I brought this up last week. Drain, Living Proof. Yeah, the the middle um, the middle track intermission featuring Shakewell. It pissed me off. You've got this bloody hardcore record that's hardcore through and through, and you throw a hip hop track in the middle of it. What the fuck? You know, yeah. and then at, at the end, and I said this last week, Living Proof was a m- almost pop punk song, but it was an okay pop punk song. So I was like, oh, okay, at least they're still playing guitar, they're still playing bass, they're still playing drums, and it's the same lead singer. Yeah. I can deal with that. But you throw a hip-hop song with a rapper in the middle of a hardcore record? What the fuck? And it's a great... And listen, I gave that a great review. I just disregarded that one track. You just you let it slip. Just let it go. Let it go. He's, See, now, I, being a fan of, you know, heavy progressive stuff, 
the Dolly Thundering concept. Mm -hmm. Love those guys. The C starts here, like the back third of that track completely changes. And it's got almost like, like a trap electronica feel. Not only does that not bother me, I loved it. I thought it was great. So a band kind of genre skipping within an album doesn't bother me at all. Doesn't bother me either. I love it. We know Derek takes exception to that or might take exception to that if he doesn't love the band. I'm a hypocrite and I I own it. Shut up, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) That's why why you're still in the air chair, Derek, because you acknowledge your your hypocrisy. I am uh, far from perfect and I'm aware of my hypocrisy, but I just know that there's certain things that set me off. And look, I have no right to have this air chair. I can't play anything, you know, whatever. I just happen to review stuff and know a few people and have had a lot of fun in the music industry over the years. But I just have to be honest about what my feelings are, my opinions. That's fair. And listen, if, if there's people who are listening, go ahead, roast me. Just, you know, just make sure you roast Dave too. Yeah, I would prefer not to be roasted, but by all means, please tee off on either of the two guys I'm sitting across from. Do you guys put bands in categories? So like the progressive metal death growl type music, do you separate that from say bands like Metallica, Maiden, or do you bunch that all together? And the only reason I'm saying is you got like the power four on that side. So would you put these guys on a power four with Guar or Slipknot, those popular bands? Would would you keep it separate? I don't know. Big picture, I think most people probably do separate them. Like James Hetfield, you're probably not going to hear that kind of guttural death growl right. come at you on a Metallica record. And for whatever reason, vocal stylings play a big part in what genre a band gets put in. I did a written review for Dissentient's latest album, and that is that's a power death growl vocal style on the record. I don't think people would listen to that and then listen to Metallica and say, yeah, these are these are kind of the same band. Yeah, I think you really hear not. similarities, Yeah, but you can't say, oh, it's just so, like. So I personally right. would say that, yeah, there is a delineation between those types of bands, but I certainly think it's possible to like them all. I like a lot of them on both sides of that. I like clean, melodic singing, and I am starting to develop an affinity for the death growl, really super, almost overly aggressive vocal style stuff right. too. Would you bulk them together, Derek? Or I, I don't care or? about genres in the end of the day. Uh, I don't either. Yeah. I, and I mean, corn is considered new metal. Deftones are considered new metal where, you know, you take classic metal elements and start weaving in, you know, synth and, and hip hop pieces and stuff like that. You know, I, I think that Limp Bizkit was considered new metal as well at the mm-hmm. time. Wasn't but new I, metal the genre that nobody wanted to be labeled for a while? They did not, right. but yet they're sure. making a huge comeback. Mudvayne is out touring. And, and what's cool, and to come back to Unearth, is that, frankly, Unearth could probably go out with any of those bands and fit right in, and well, people would I love brought, it. Yeah. That's why I brought that question up. Yeah. Because if, uh, like Derek said, if they're that, they can hang with those acts. So they could, Agreed. Yeah. They could go out with anybody now. Now, if you went back to the very beginning, they were a metal court. And they were just big breakdowns and, you know, meat and potatoes. Um, but now uh, I hear all the elements of all the things that I like about thrash metal and, mm-hmm. and crossover thrash in there. I mean, there's some killer riffs. In oh, there. yeah. Yeah. Um, the guitar solos are as good as it gets from Buzz. I, you know, again, I'm, I'm a call me a fanboy, whatever you want. But you know, they've I, arrived. From what I learned from Derek and knowing their backstory, unlike other ones that we've done reviews for or any other band. Because he's got the inside track on him. I'm rooting for these guys. Yeah. I am. I'm going to walk away from this rooting for these guys. 
Well, let's get to the scoring. Okay. Why don't we start with you, Dave? We'll let, we'll have Derek go last since right. we know we know he's a fan. Yeah, I mean, I'll keep it simple. Right? We talked about the vocals and that type of of singing. Not my cup of tea, but you got to respect Trevor, right? This is what he does. Mm -hmm. The band, I thought the whole ensemble was awesome. I love the music. I like the production quality, the performance quality. For me, I'm going to give it an 8, 8 out of 10. That's where I am too. I'm at a solid 8. Yeah, I'm not going to take, just because the lyrical maybe content or isn't my thing, I'm not going to penalize the band for that because overall, I, I liked it. This is, you've asked before if I have listened, I think it was 72 seasons, if I'd listened to it after we did the review, and I have. This is one of those, it will actively be put onto the list. This was it's a, a great record. Because I listened to it probably two, three times, I think by the third time, I had gotten over the, 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 the whatever you want to call it, death growl, yeah. growl type stuff. I, I, I got past that, which was great. Mm-hmm. I'm happy I did. So we're at an eight I'm with you. I'm, I'm an eight. Yeah. Yeah, Derek. Where where does it land? Solid nine for me. That's um, good score. I right? thoroughly enjoyed every track, almost. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I'm happy for them. I, I really am. And also, uh, they're going out with "Upon a Burning Body," so you'll be able to see them in the U.S. Uh, on a tour. They're headlining. And also, right now, Trevor is actually on Sirius XM with a takeover, where he's able oh, to take awesome. over. We're Florida based. Uh, are we going to get lucky enough to have them come come to Florida? Uh, sadly, no. But I will. <sighs> when they get here, uh, I did text Trevor a while back, and he said, "I said, oh, I'll come up and have a beer when you if you make it to Tampa or mm-hmm. Miami." He goes, "A beer?" He goes, "You're going in the pit." He's my age. How he can get up? take the beating and do what he does. Kudos to you, man, because I feel ancient. Yeah. Totally. But I'll go in the pit for him. Just getting up and playing a show is a an exhausting event. Yeah. How these guys, I mean, young the bands, manage to sleep in vans for, you know, six, eight months on end. I've always found impressive. And guys, you know, our age, half in the fucking grave, you know, old and decrepit. More power to them, man. You want to root for these guys because it sounds like they're just a good bunch of guys. Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah. They're they're fans like you and I. Yeah. They just, they've been committed to their craft and they've been in a lot of vans, a lot of late nights. Right. They've put in the time and they've worked at their craft and, you know, Buzz is playing better than he's ever shredded. Trevor's singing better than he, he ever has. And frankly, they've surrounded themselves with musicians that I think match their goals and what they want to do. So it's well, great. Tre- Trevor and the guys, if you happen to hear this, and Derek can convince you to come down and see us in Florida, we'd love to have you come in and sit in the room with us so we can all beat the shit out of Dave together. That would be awesome. Not getting would, would you get would you get not excited? getting the shit kicked out? Would you get but excited about Trevor un, here about would having awesome. Unearth show up and roast you yeah. with us? John, are we wrapping this up? Because I would like to say something. Of course. The floor um, is yours. Next time we do a podcast or just moving forward, especially a knuckle dragging band like on earth can derek not wear a shirt like he's going to disney on ice and wear something metal you know what i mean <laughs> I, I just thought i'd bring that up. <laughs> that's all i just wanted to say that. uh derek the floor is yours for response the next time i bring you back a coffee to be nice there's going to be a special sauce in that <laughs> you remember that Fucker. Uh, that note, thanks so much for hanging out. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs>